0: I feel like there are so many people that want to get into running, but they're very intimidated by it. They look at stats on social media. They look at different things and they feel like, oh, well, I'm not at that point. So I would never start because I can never do that. So for me and my platform, my YouTube channel and everything that I do, I try to show people that anyone can get into the sport of running. Just start where you are.
1: Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wida L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 52. Today, I have a very special guest, India Cook. I found out about India by listening to Allie on the Run podcast. India is amazing. She is a certified run coach. She is a YouTube blogger. She is a podcast host. Part of India's mission is to provide education provide um, access to a woman of color in regards to running. Oftentimes, mainstream running media does not represent us well. Running can be intimidating at first, but as Dr. Gina Meyer says, who was a prior guest and also founded Arc Resolute Connect, which India coaches, There is a runner within all of us. Everyone can be a runner with the proper tools, access, and education. India has run two marathons, 15 half marathons, and a plethora of other races. Welcome, India, to the show. Well, again, thanks for joining me today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. First, I want to start what started you running?
0: Initially, it was my father. He ran the Peachtree Road Race and I used to watch him run on uh, the 4th of July when I was a little girl. So I would see him run. I enjoyed seeing him run. And then I did run um, track in high school. So I did the open four, four by four and 300 hurdles in high school. So I did a little bit of running in high school, but of course fell off from that and just trying to find another love um, to do after I did a year of semi-pro cheerleading. So I did that for a little while and I said, you know what, let me try running. It's an individual sport. It's all about me and just get out there and do it. So that was my initial toe step into the running world.
1: So tell me about um, your semi-professional cheerleader. What got you into that? Yes. So my first
0: love when it comes to athletics is cheerleading and dance. So I okay. was my mom signed me up to be a cheerleader as soon as I was able to walk when I was a little girl and so literally all the way up until uh, my sophomore year of high school, I was always doing cheerleading or dance interchangeably. And I also did some competitive cheerleading. So it's kind of one of those things where that was always in in the cards. So it really wasn't running at that time. It was cheerleading and dance. And then once I got older and out of college, I said, you know what, let me try get see if I still have my groove, see if I still have <laughs> the groove back. And I ended up landing a a semi-pro spot on the team. So I was really excited about that. It was short-lived. It was kind of like, okay, girl, you tried it.
1: (laughs) How long did you do it?
0: I did it for a season. Okay. okay. So a year. Yeah. So I did it for a season. Um, Some amazing ladies, but I was probably the oldest one. It was one other lady on the team, um, oldest one on the team. So, you know, that is a little different as well. Some of those girls were like straight out of high school and I had been in college for a while. So Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <that> was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was really it was a good time. I miss the feel sometimes, but you know, it's just something that I'm like, hey, I did it. It was you know, it's
1: in the cards. Fun, fun, fun. So you've done two marathons in fifteen, huh? Hey, is that correct? What marathons have you done? So both of them were Chicago. So Chicago I did, okay. It's mm-hmm. my so favorite. I,
0: yes. I love Chicago. And a lot of, I tell a lot of people it's a good first time marathon just because of the course, the crowd support and everything. Not sure how it will be this year, but I'm pretty sure they'll probably do some good things this year as well. Um, but yeah, so the Chicago marathon. So my first marathon was there. Didn't have the best of races. I had an injury that flared up at mile eight. And so I had IT band injury that I didn't know that I had. Didn't train. When I trained, it didn't pop up. Like nothing popped up until mile eight of that race. And so I got to the finish line. But of course, I wanted to go back for redemption. So I went back for the following year. So I did 2017 and 2018 and went back for redemption. So those are my two um, pulls right now.
1: Okay, I had IT band on Chicago Marathon when I did it the second time. Really? And a couple, a couple when I did my first marathon too, kicked in around my 14. I had yes. it before. Oh, but I had called it myself, before. Okay. I had it before, I had therapy, but I'm like, I'm doing this race. I had, I had all kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it, did, it didn't really work.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, IT band is one of those nagging, it's just like shin splints, what I have right now. It's one of those nagging things. Like if you don't let it heal, it'll keep coming back. And, and I'm one of those people that I'm like, Let me doctor the injury now because I don't want it to be I don't want it to hold me back long term. So it's been a struggle these last couple of months because I'm dealing with the shin splint injury now, but it's slowly but surely getting there. So I'm excited about that.
1: And you're a running coach as well. What got you into coaching?
0: Mm -hmm. That is true. So I'm a running coach as well. I I tell myself or I tell people I've been I've been coaching for a while but just not officially so I've definitely had people asking me questions, me helping them out, giving them, you know, some direction on their running journey. Um but last year I decided to make it official and get a certification. So That's kind of what got me into it. I was doing a lot of content creating, uh, helping a lot of people. And I said, you know what, let me get a stamp of certification behind some of the things that I'm doing. So I've been enjoying it. It's been a really good journey. I coach independently through my brand, Miles from India. And then I also coach with a company called ARC. Um, So they actually assist with individuals, getting them back into or getting them to the pavement um, and just kind of helping them beat barriers. So I, I do coaching on both of those sides.
1: Is it difficult getting certified to be a running coach, the whole process?
0: Um, I won't say difficult. I will say that for RRCA, there definitely is and has been a waiting list for a while. So just depending upon how popular it is to for the area that you're wanting to get into, um, I was... Afforded the opportunity to get a certified coach through the um, Atlanta Track Club because I'm ambassador with them and they had some slots open. So I was blessed enough to get that. But there is a waiting list. I will say the actual training certification process. I did it virtually and it was a weekend thing and it was full eight to nine hours a day. I would say the test was not necessarily easy, but it, it's doable. As long as you're paying attention, doing your readings, doing your study, I think that it is definitely doable to do. But I won't sit there and say that it's easy. I know a lot of people that don't pass it on the first time. And then, of course, financially, I believe it, if I remember correctly, it's about four hundred dollars. So just depending upon, you know, your your pockets.
1: <laughs> How did you get involved with art? I interviewed Gina uh, and I was a mentor a couple of seasons
0: Gina actually interviewed me back in twenty what 2019. She interviewed me on her podcast. And this was before ARC developed its wings. Um, and she did tell me that she was working on something. She had something that she wanted me to potentially be involved with. And I became one of the coaches with them. So once I got certified and and ARC also was a part of, was just getting their wings and doing their thing for their program. And I so it's just kind of connection. So it's all about who
1: you know. So Timmy, what is your favorite race? You mentioned Chicago Marathon, but I know you do half marathons. Like what is your favorite race and what's your favorite distance?
0: Yes. Yeah, so my overall favorite race is the Peachtree Road Race. So that's the race I did did on July 4th. That race is my first race and so I call it my favorite as well because it's the first race I ever did. So I didn't start at a 5K, I started at a, at a at a 10K. Um, So that was the very first race that I did. I enjoy it just because of the atmosphere, the people that are there. And it's just an overall good race. It's the world's largest 10K. So typically it's 60,000 people that run the race. So you're not running by yourself at all. Um, It's family friendly, great entertainment along the course. So it's just a really good time. Uh, So that would be my ultimate favorite race. My favorite distance is the half marathon, actually. So I feel like it's a good challenge. You don't kill yourself during training, or you can, but it's it's a good balance with the training. It's not like marathon training. Marathon training is like, to me, a whole nother job. Whereas I feel like with half marathon training, it's doable, but it's still, you know, take you out of your comfort zone, but you can do it. And it's, it's just a good mental challenge, but it doesn't break you break you physically or mentally too much.
1: So what's your least favorite race in why? Ah...
0: So, there is a um, half marathon or end full here in Atlanta called Publix. The traditional course here for that it's not it's not my favorite. So not only is it very hilly, yes, <laughs> and most of the races in Atlanta are hilly, like you can't t- you can't run a race here in Atlanta without encountering some hills. It's hit or miss on the weather because usually it's in the first quarter of the year. So usually February or March. Um, so it can be very cold, super healy. And in some of the areas of, the, of Atlanta that it takes you through, there's less crowd support. So you really have to have that mental grind
1: to, to, to push through it. Okay. Yeah, interesting. It's funny. I've never run a, a race. I've traveled to race a lot of places. I don't think I've ever run a race in Atlanta. You better come to Atlanta. Let me know when you come. I'm coming <laughs> down there for a cycling ride on Labor Day. But, oh, um, nice. And I'm going to run, but I've never officially ran a run, just a road race down there. So...
0: Definitely. Well, you'll have to come down. And it's a, a race called The Race. Put that on your calendar. It's typically in October. It's a 5K and a half marathon. That's a good one. It's put on for us by us. So definitely check that one out. But that's a good one too.
1: What is the most important thing you learned about yourself during your running journey? Would you say?
0: Stop limiting myself. That's the biggest thing that I've learned is to stop limiting myself. I think, and I am my world's worst critic. (laughs) Um, It's kind of one of those things where... I really feel like mind over matter when it comes to running. And a lot of times if you feel like you can't do it, you won't do it. Um, in times where I really set myself up mentally, say, India, you're going to get out there and push yourself. That's when I actually do it um, and I and when I actually do well. So stop limiting myself. Don't put myself into a box. And anything I put my mind to, I can do it. Uh, when I did my second marathon, I trained completely solo throughout that full marathon training block. Um, and I ran the race solo. Of course, there were people there that I knew, but that was very different than my first marathon. My first marathon, I trained with groups every week, every weekend, and I had a running partner next to me the whole 26.2 miles. So when I did that, it just really helped me to learn and just say, India, you can do stuff independently and you have the mental strength as long as you put your mind to it. So that's the biggest thing that it's taught me. And, and my my options and abilities and are limitless
1: when it comes to the sport. So when you do your next marathon, will you do a combination or will you go back to solo group or...
0: I'll probably do a combination. I do miss running with people, but you know we all we all know that you know with COVID and everything is it's something different. But I think I would do a mix. I think it's good for me to run with a group of people. It pushes me. It doesn't allow me to be lazy. Um, but then on days where I know that I want to push myself, just in case, because I, I am one of those people that will, I'll stay back and help the person in, that's potentially in the back of the pack. I don't want to limit myself either. or I'll hold myself up. So, but I do really really enjoy group running. So I'll probably do a mix of it next time.
1: Part of my podcast is to have um, guests who've overcome obstacles to make it to their finish line. Can you tell me some obstacles you had to overcome, whether it be running or just in life in general?
0: Yeah. So I would say my biggest obstacle was probably understanding who I am. I think for a long time I was, for instance, when it comes to work, for a long time I was in a career that I got a degree in. I spent thousands of dollars getting this degree, graduate degree, all of this. and I was stuck in a mental rut of feeling like I had to stay within that degree because I spent all this time and money in it. But then I realized that it really wasn't my passion. It really wasn't what I wanted to do in life. Um, so I think the obstacle of feeling like I was had to be bound to this career, it took a toll on me mentally, physically, emotionally in every way. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of broke broke away from that and just decided to step outside of that career and you know just kind of go with what I've been loving to do, which is human resources. And of course, my running, running ventures that I've taken on, and it's just allowed me to kind of blossom and enjoy who I am and learn who I am and really find out what my passion is.
1: Season four we will continue the segment as the Doc. If you have any musculoskeletal questions, please go to my website, click on the link, leave voice message. Leave your question and select questions will be answered on the segment. to work in mental health. Or was that what your degree? Yep. Was in?
0: Yep. It was in mental health. So I loved it, but it was just very taxing. So very taxing for me and kind of one of those things where I had to put a lot of effort in. But I will, you know, put a disclaimer out there. I worked in in a lot of psychiatric hospitals and where a lot of individuals were kind of at their worst, very critical times of their life. So I worked in a very high tense, high stress times. I worked well in it. I just feel like you know I was my ability to separate and really not take the work home, limited resources that the state of Georgia at least had for mental health is very limited and definitely needs some work.
1: My book, as well as my podcast, it's called Running is Cheaper Than Therapy. And following the death of my mother, I was clinically depressed and I started running to lose weight. And I realized that running was just not good for my body as far as weight loss and just as far as mental I mean. Condition in my body, but it helped my mind and my spirit. Can you speak to some of the mental health benefits of running, particularly with your background?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, of course, when you are when you're a runner, it allows you to release endorphins. So endorphins is something that not only changes your mood, it changes your attitude, and just kind of basically Positive juices go and flow when you are running. So, when it comes to running, it helps, it can help to change that mood. So, a lot of times, if you are depressed, if you're dealing with anxiety, it allows you to shift your mood when it comes to that. And also, when it comes to mental health, a lot of people go towards maybe alcohol or smoking cigarettes or something of that nature to kind of release or as a vice for them. Whereas running can allow you to release those same endorsements that you may feel that you may release doing those those recreational activities, running can also allow you to do that. Of course, when it comes to confidence, being able to just feel good and feel better about yourself confidently, that can help you to combat anxiety and depression as well. And then you also want to think about kind of when you feel like you're in control of something. A lot of times when it comes to anxiety and depression, and I speak to those two because those are the most common ones when it comes to mental health that people um, use running for is a lot of times anxiety and depression. But running is something that you can control as you, for you and yourself only, right? Like typically, if you say, for instance, play basketball or play football, it's more of a team sport. Like, yes, you you have this position to where you have to, if you're a quarterback on the football team, you have to do your you know, throw the ball the way you need to and do all those things. However, when it comes to running, it's your one foot in front of the other and you're able to control kind of how you're feeling and the outcome of the running. And a lot of people have found that when it comes to running, because it is an individual sport and it's something that you put your time and effort into, the fact that you can control that outcome just gives a better mental process altogether. So it allows you to really have something that you can look forward to, something that you can be proud of for yourself, as well as something that you can help to achieve goals. Um, And that goal setting as well can just set you into different places, whether it be just your life in general, for say, for instance, with work goals. Like some people say, okay, if I set myself a goal, I'll feel better about me. And if I can lead it, I'll feel better about me. And it also can help you to just, think about other things except, you know, then the negative things when you're out there running. So running is a good outlet in regards to to all of those things. I don't know about you, but I definitely make decisions when I'm out running. I think about all kinds of ideas when I'm out running. So all of those, those things can definitely happen. Um, and then, of course, the mental and physical as well.
1: Yeah, it's my little zen. It's like, okay, it's my little Yes, release, like, yes. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, yes. It is my release. When I was working in mental health, it was a time when I first started running and it was literally my everyday. Like I tell people that's how I would release my day. Like I would go out running and it would be like, Okay, I'm done with my day. Whatever happened today is, is it has happened and I'm leaving it all on the on the pavement. So and then when I come home, it's like, Okay, you you're reset.
1: I read that part of the reason that you started coaching was to provide um, access and resources to women of color, which may not have the traditional access that other people um, have in regards to running. And you started your YouTube channel. Tell me a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah. So when I first started running, I'm one of those people that searched YouTube. I searched all over to get all the resources that I could before I got into the sport. And more, more importantly, when I was trying to get into distance running, I was trying to find someone that looked like me that I could relate to um, within the sport. And that was very limited. And not saying that it was not there at all, but it was limited. Um, when I went online, a lot of times when I Googled things, it was elite runners, people that spoke very a lot of terminology, a lot of um, talk that I could not understand yet. I mean, now I do. But at the time, as a beginner runner, I was unable to do that. And then, of course, I didn't relate to them. And so once I became a runner, I felt like I needed to pay it forward. When I started my YouTube channel, it was my option is to say, okay, how can I make running more accessible, meaning give people the education so that they can understand what it looks like to be a runner, what it looks like to juggle running and a traditional lifestyle that most of us, the average people do have, because there's very few pro athletes, even though that's what we think everyone is doing is being a pro, but the average runner is still has a nine to five, maybe a mom or a dad, and has a whole life, but just being able to kind of put the education out there and bring it to a level to where people can understand. And also for people that are interested in getting into running, I wanted to bring it to a level to where it will be appetizing for them. I feel like there are so many people that want to get into running, but they're very intimidated by it. They look at stats on social media, they look at different things, and they feel like, Oh, well, I'm not at that point. So I would never start because I can never do that. So for me and my platform, my YouTube channel and everything that I do, I try to show people that anyone can get into the sport of running. Just start where you are. So for me, it was all about being what I didn't see when I started running.
1: And you also have a podcast, tell me about your podcast as well. Yes.
0: Prior to starting my YouTube channel, I started my YouTube channel back in 2020. I was doing vlogging back in 2017 and 2018. And I vlogged doing my first two marathons in Chicago that we discussed. And I did that only on Facebook. So I would just document it on Facebook. I was scared of the YouTube world at that time because YouTube kind of opens you up to the world and any scrutiny can come your way from anybody that you completely don't know. Whereas Facebook, I felt like it was my safe haven. But during that time, um, 2017 to 2018, I, I got to a point in my personal life that vlogging was just a little much for me. Um, so I stepped away. And one of my good friends, Tommy Mitchell, who is now the co-host with me of The Run Duo, he had his own podcast and he got tired of talking to himself, basically. <laughs> he reached out to me and asked me if I was interested um, in coming on the podcast. And I said, sure. Um, it was one of those things we had an agreement about editing and we had agreement about content and who's going to do what part. And it just kind of worked in the time timeframe. Um, so in 2018, the latter part of 2018, we decided to start our podcast called The Run Duo. And so we do it every other week, a biweekly podcast. And we talk about running our personal life and again, makes it informative, but also fun. And we love to interview athletes and people in the sport of running um, and different brands as well to kind of talk about their running journey. We're very particular about people that we interview and we're very purposeful about who we interview. And I say that because we want to ensure that we're showing stories and, and allowing the platform for people that aren't aren't typically getting interviewed. I'm pretty sure a lot of our running podcasts, we can go, we can speak, probably every elite has been on each one. Um, But for us, there's so many people that are non-elite. There's people that may be in the elite area, but aren't getting the shine that they should get. Or there's everyday casual runners like you and I that deserve the platform that are still doing amazing things. Um, So for us, it's all about giving them the time, the energy, and the platform to tell their story and the great things that they're working on. Um, so we definitely try to do that and also include diverse, diverse athletes on the podcast as well.
1: You've interviewed a lot of my friends, actually. <laughs> it's funny how the running community is big, but it's small. small. Yep. <laughs> it's small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is on your bucket list in regards to running? Yeah, so I really wanted to
0: do the world major. So of course, after I did my second marathon, I was like, "Uh, I don't know if I want to do marathons. I, I don't love the distance, right? So I don't love the distance and the time that it takes to train for it. So it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? But I do love the half. So I was hoping to do a half in all 50 states. So that's one of my big goals. I said, if I end up doing another marathon, it will, it will have to be a world major. Like I won't, I more than likely won't do any other marathons unless they are world majors. So I'll do the world majors and then a half marathon in all 50 states.
1: So have you started your 50 state?
0: I have. So I'm at state eight. Before the pandemic and all this, I was traveling and doing all kinds of stuff. But you know, all of that has slowed down. It's a good thing. I mean, good things have definitely developed out of it. But we'll see how that goal goes.
1: Yeah. So, is half your favorite distance too? Actually, ten miler is my favorite. Maybe because that was my that was my first race, the Broad Street, when I lived in Philadelphia. And it's a big race, and we used to have like social, like picnic party afterwards and mm-hmm. run it every year so it's kind of like it meant a lot and it was it's not too long but it's long enough to be a challenge mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: <laughs> no, i understand that <laughs> so that's my favorite distance so if a present-day india could go back and give a younger india words of advice what would you tell your younger self
0: stop being such a planner <laughs> Really, <laughs> I know that sounds I know that sounds weird but I'm one of those people I still am a planner but when I say stop being a planner I know some I know the younger me was was telling me okay by this age you will be at this point of your life you will be at this you will be at this you will be at this you have you would have conquered all of these things at this time I I tell people all the time be cognizant of how much we plan because I think it it can develop disappointment if we do it too much and it doesn't work out Right. So I think mm-hmm. for me, accepting that things can change and accepting that there are going to be some differences. And just because you're not where you think you should be or where you thought you would be, that younger person thought you would be, doesn't mean that you're any less of a person or let, that your life isn't going well. You just have a different trajectory. I would definitely tell myself that.
1: That's good advice. Because I think I'm a planner too, but I've learned as I get older that God laughs at my plan. <laughs> Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> no, that is totally true. And it's like you just kind of go with it. And he already knows the end story. He's just taking you through some of these obstacles to teach you some lessons. And you just kind of accept them and go with it.
1: So, what else is in the works for you? The blog, your YouTube channel, podcast.
0: Yeah, so I just hit a year on my YouTube channel. So I'm going to continue to do content. My biggest goal when I first started my YouTube channel was to pump out a vlog a week. Um, And I was able to meet that. So I did over actually over 52 videos for the year. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to continue pumping out content um, for my blog. I may switch, not switch, but I probably will add more lifestyle things into it, not just running, Um, but some running that also includes some lifestyle items as well with with that. Uh, I'm going to continue building my brand. I still love coaching. I will continue to do coaching. That will be something that I will always do. And hopefully I can kind of dabble into maybe be some race announcing and things of that nature. I'm, I'm, I'm looking into some other options of what Miles from India can do.
1: <laughs> that will be fun because I have a, a friend. He does Spartan um, races, but I'm like, I've never seen a person of color like announcer. That never. In a race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing.
0: That yeah, yeah. Amazing. You know, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I, I'm okay on video. I'm okay on the mic. I'm like, hey, that would be something that. And like you said, there's not many people of color that are out here doing that, or even panels at expos, things of that nature, you know, I'm just trying to get into spaces that is, that needs more diversity.
1: So where can people find you? Yes.
0: So on Instagram, you can find me at I of Indigo Runs. And that is the underscore in between each of those. Um, You can also find me on my website, which is milesfromindia.com. And that will take you to all of my platforms. Um, On YouTube, I am miles from India. So everything basically miles from India. But my personal Instagram that I use heavily is I of Indigo Runs.
1: Any last minute words of advice for anyone interested in starting running or anyone who's a runner or anyone who's
0: injured? Yeah, my biggest thing is to stay positive and also just stay within the mile that you're in. I think a lot of times we, when we're running and if, or even when you're starting to get into running, we're so focused on five weeks, five months, five miles down the road that we can't accept where we are and appreciate the beauty of where we are in the moment. And sometimes when we think too far ahead, we jeopardize even getting to where we think we want to go. So just staying in the present, staying in the moment and knowing and know that where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. is all a purpose and accept the beauty in it and find the silver linings within it.
1: It's great advice. And I have to tell myself that all the time. You're so, uh, we're so concentrating on what we can't enjoy the process. And part of yeah. it is supposed to enjoy the, <laughs> it's supposed to be fun.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It is supposed to be fun. And you can't even get there if you're so worried about what you, what you should have did, what you're going to do and what may come up. Like, I think that's my mm-hmm. biggest thing. I'm a worrier about what might happen. It's like, girl, that didn't even happen.
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it.
1: That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email run it, cheaper, and Therapy OLB, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's run it, cheaper, and Therapy Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle, We Life, We Love, O U I Life, O U I Love. Thank you and please tune in again.